127 on the mic exists simply as an extension of our college ministry 127 at FBC Bryan. Our prayer is that this podcast be used in accordance with you belonging and investing into a local body. And we hope that this resource is growing in relationship with and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yo, 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 what it do, podcast crew? Did you time that? What? Like the intro? Ooh. Bam. You just like that. that was the spirit of the Lord working, <laughs> working to refine the intro. <laughs> he's, so he's always, always, he's up there. He's like, how can we make this intro better? <laughs> There's a lot of, a lot of room for improvement. So, <laughs> hey, I mean, yeah. I, I like that attribute of God that He is, yeah, over all and in, in all. all <laughs> so he's like, hey, podcast intro. He's I in do that. care about that, which seems crazy, but you know. <laughs> What you laughing at over there? Just that was funny. Yeah, that was funny. Man, we were back. It's been. I've been a long time since I've been in here. It feels like. Yeah. I don't know when we were when I was in here last. I don't even know. Been a while. I think it's been like a month. Mm-hmm. Cause we batch recorded before, mm-hmm. like right at the beginning of August. Yeah. For three weeks. Yeah. And then you weren't even on those. I wasn't. I was. I think we did one, and then you did a couple more the next day or something, and yeah, um, it's something like that. Yeah. That's crazy. Impact and school and howdy week. Howdy. We're still in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're still in it. Yeah. It's been, it's been a week. Done. Almost done. It's been a week. I don't when, think anything else we have is going to be like really difficult. We just yeah. get to keep hanging out. Just keep conversing with people. Yeah. And having conversation, which is the same thing as conversing with people. But you know, how was your, your trip to Kenya? It was great. Mr. Um, Caleb. It was good. The if, For any of those that are listening... If I haven't already talked with you and you'd like to know, uh, just come find me and ask me because I have stories, but it was good. I think that something that I was encouraged by is just how they can um, always thank God for what they have, even though it's not much. And so I think just a general tidbit of information that I, I thought was cool that I saw, I already kind of knew it, but I saw it in a new light was just to be to be grateful for all that we have because this life isn't a guarantee this life is a is a blessing and so just to be thankful for like the resources you have the time you have all those things so yeah but it was good it's good sounds like a lot of fun you going back next year oh yeah, yeah. if i can if i if uh if if money things work out i will yeah, yeah. so That's usually the big one so but people love to give because you have able legs and uh, <laughs> an able heart to go in. Able legs? He can he can freely move about without <laughs> being, you know, stationed here for exactly. many number of reasons. Heard. You know. What about you, John? How's uh, the last couple of weeks been? I don't remember. Crazy? Yeah, I don't even remember them. And so, yeah, it, they've been good. Yeah. Lot, lots going on in, in life. Um, incredible things. I, like we were just, as a family, even thinking this morning, just bragging just bragging on God together, um, just unbelievable things that are happening. And in a season of like, just really, uh, zooming in on that, Mm. um, of let's see and remember and celebrate what God is doing around us. And, uh, even trying to instill that in our kids, because it's something I'm weak at of just like taking time to celebrate, taking time to, um, honor, not only honor God, but honor people that, um, he's using to do incredible things. And so just looking around, God's just showing off in, mm. in a lot of ways and, and his timing has been good. And 
I was, we were talking about Howdy Week stuff, even with Alyssa this morning. She was asking me because I got back late last night. And she's like, hey, how, how are things going? I said, because she looked at me and she can know, like she can look at me and go, you're you're tired, you're struggling, you're mm-hmm. stressed, whatever it is. And she's like, you just, you seem good. And I was like, yeah, the, the team is just killing it. There, there are things like I can show up and I can just look around and trust people are doing things yeah. um, that need to be done and are ahead of sometimes in my thought process too, which has been really sweet. And I mean, God's just showing off behind the scenes. And so it's been good. It's been super busy and yeah. no, no doubt about that. There's just a lot going on getting us into spaces, but um, it's also been a ton of, of fun and encouraging to see. So I'm ready. I'm really ready for the rhythm of the school year. Mm. I'm glad that this, that this podcast is coming out like week one of school and then the 27th is launch. And then we kind of just or kick off. I don't know what I'm going to call it, uh, kick off. And then we get into Bible study rhythms and just get into our normal kind of here we are, quote unquote normal football's back <laughs> and all of these things. And so, uh, meeting all new freshman guys, getting them plugged in, yeah. um, loving on our current leaders, like all of that. It's going to be cool. So it's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Football's back. Football's back. Mm-hmm. Does football make you scared? Why does football make no, you scared? I, Football doesn't make me scared anymore because I have my expectations are usually the same every year because yeah. I expect the Cowboys to go around 11 and six, okay. uh, make the playoffs and then lose in the second round to the Eagles. Uh, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens this year. So not football doesn't really make me scared. There are other things that scare me, but not not really football. Yeah, I'm not losing at fantasy football. That doesn't scare me because it, it's supposed to happen every once in a while. Um, mm. So last for those listening, last year I was in four fantasy football leagues. I got second in I think all four of them. Solid play. Simply because so I had Justin Jefferson. Every, every single one of them. Yes. That's what you're saying. Okay. I, I had Justin Jefferson in all of them. And Justin Jefferson had one catch in the finals for me in all four leagues. So sad, that's, sad that's brutal. Yes, it was brutal. What are you said? You f- you're afraid or fear other things. What are I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I <laughs> put me on the spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, you fear of. God. You mm. you fear God because He is stronger than you. Um, and then you fear sometimes just the lack of control in life. Yeah. That's, so those are mm. a few things. Today today we're talking about dating. Actually, no. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. That'd be awesome. No, we I'm are. Scared. <laughs> We are talking about fear, um, and we're going to kind of hit on on both ends of this, because if you've dived into the scriptures, you see um, passages that that straight up say, do not be afraid, and then you read, fear the Lord. And so we're going to kind of dive into that, but as always, we're going to start off uh, very general, very broad. And so what, simple question, what is fear? What is fear in general? Oh, yeah. No, it's just in the Bible. Um, we'll get to the Bible. I mean, uh, Oxford, like, uh, you gotta, you just gotta be like fear. The verb is to be afraid. There it is. Um, and afraid of something that is uh, dangerous, dangerous to you. Yeah, dangerous to you, painful, painful or threatening. Threatening. <laughs> any of those things. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I Google. Did you see? Because you had to pull it up. The using a sentence part of this farmers fear that they will lose business. <laughs> That's a weird, just like the sentences they come up with. Okay. Uh, the noun, the noun form of it would be the emotion caused by the verb, the emotion caused by the belief that something is dangerous, um, that it's going to cause pain. Hmm. Uh, and that emotion is, is typically unpleasant. That emotion is not normally fun. We, I think we put ourselves in fearful 
fearful safe situations. Like we pay for that. A lot of times people go to amusement parks and um, like I want to, sometimes I want to feel uncomfortable that this thing is dangerous. Pit in your stomach a little bit. Yeah. Um, Mm. And people are wired so differently with that. I'm not wired that way. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily long for or not like either side of those, yeah. the, the feeling that you get on roller coasters. Oh, gosh. Uh, I, I think I'm indifferent. <laughs> I'll get off and I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, really? That was great. Kyler, our now 12 year old is just put me on every one of those things. And, and when we went to universal this, this last summer, uh, summer before last, I don't know how long ago it was. Um, we thought the opposite, like Finley was going to be, yeah. I want to ride everything. And it was not that Kyler, a switch flipped and the dude went nuts. And Finn would get in line for the roller coaster and he would look at it like right before he's fixing to sit on it and go, nope, nope and just walk off. That and, is awesome. And as a dad, you're just like, well, uh, what do I do with this? But <laughs> I, got, I got a kid wandering off in Florida. And so we would go go get him. But that feeling, what you do with that emotion, some people, it drives them to do mm. crazy things, to be, mm. you know, YouTube stars. And and some, it's, some they're like, I don't even want to Shrink tempt away. that at all. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I like the word that he's used that um, that na- the noun ver- version of it, where it was the emotion of um, being in danger. Because I think that's so important as to what fear is. Because, like I said, with the fear of the lack of control or um, a fear of the future, like we talked about a few weeks ago, it's just you you're afraid and you think that the the future is dangerous to you. You think that there is something in the future or something that you can't control that is going to harm you or bring you pain. And so you fear. So I think, I think that's cool. That's a cool part of that definition. Yeah. That's really good. And I think that dives right into, um, one half of how it's described in the scriptures, which I think can then be kind of morphed into the other definition as well. But, um, how is fear described in the Bible? Um, can be more than two, but I think of two big categories. So are they good and bad (laughs) or are Uh, they God and man? Yeah, that oh, could okay. yeah, that could be probably of the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the positive side blesses the man who fears the Lord always. <laughs> Proverbs twenty fourteen. Like I always go that. Sometimes I remember address as well in scripture. Yeah, and that one just like divide it in half. I don't know why. Just twenty eight fourteen. Um, it's just stuck. Good. Uh, and so there is a there, that's just an instant positive towards fear mm. of like you are. You are blessed if you have this emotion that even if we give the worldly definition of it, it's like, I have an un, that, that says an unpleasant feeling of something that's dangerous. Yeah. Like we go, is, is, is he dangerous? Mm. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah. In some regards. I mean, our, our, our rapping friend, Andy says, my God's good, but he's not safe. Mm. And the opposite of safe is dangerous. And he, he's going to put us in places that probably, I mean, I've been in dangerous positions for him in, yeah. in life. And so. Uh, I guess that could be true, but mm. there's the positive side of like fearing God. That's just real clear echoed all throughout scripture. Mm. Yeah. And then and obviously there's the, don't be afraid of man because I mean, one of the verses that everybody loves to quote and everybody loves to cite uh, without really understanding the context. Yes. I went there. Joshua one nine of, um, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do, do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord, your God with you is with you wherever you go. So there's that, that fear of man because, um, Joshua is afraid of the enemy nations that God is going, is telling him to go and destroy. Um, and yet God is telling him that to, that he will be with him. And so I think it just brings out that interesting 
thought or question is, um, if, if the object of your fear is man, then, and not God rather than, then how is that? How is that wrong? Why is that not biblical? Or what then should be the highest object of our fear? Mm-hmm. Should there be a similar fear then even between man and God kind of, kind of question? Yeah. But yeah. And I think that's kind of the question we get into as far as if you, if you dive deeper of words translated into a certain form in the English language of, of trying to get the original meaning of um, what God has inspired in his scriptures. But um, I want to take just a few moments. Um, I think it's, what is it? Second Timothy one um, talks about a spirit of fear. Um, and so what, what would be kind of some examples or just kind of describe it further? Like what is that spirit of fear? I think it's second Timothy. What is it? One. I'm stuck on a different. I think you're talking about one seven. Yeah. For the spirit of the Lord did not give us a, a spirit of fear. Yeah. For God. Power, love. Yeah. Sound. For God give nine. us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, self-control. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're on a different one though. Jump for it. N- no, I was just, that one's fine. <laughs> um, re-ask that question now that I'm that I'm looking at this verse. Yes, uh, it it was just sort of like like what is a spirit of fear? Does that fall into the fear of man? What is what is the passage trying to get at as far as that version of fear? Like what is what does it mean that God doesn't give us a spirit of fear? I mean, if you look at the context of just Second Timothy, Paul is writing to Timothy, who's a pastor in the city of Ephesus, and so I think in that context. Paul is telling Timothy, hey, you're in a dark situation in Ephesus. It's going to be hard to be a pastor or let alone a preacher in that climate. And so God gave you not a spirit of fear. You don't have to shrink back in fear and hide the truth, but you can have power and love and self-control. You can have the power to preach the word with boldness. You can have the love to, to love the people well, even in the midst of their sin and then self-control to um, abstain from their sinfulness and in their, their patterns of wickedness in Ephesus. And so I think it's um, that verse is so good because in our cultural con- context and situation, we can apply that same, um, the, the same principles to, to ourselves and that God didn't give us a spirit of fear that we might shrink back from teaching the word or shrink back from, from living for Christ. He, he gave us power so that we can boldly proclaim the word he gave us love so that we can love other people. And then once again, he gave us self-control that we might abstain from, from sin ourselves. But I think it's, it just goes back once again to what do we fear the most? Mm. You know, because if, if we fear God the most, then we will um, do things for his sake and we will obey him and not just do things to please man. Mm. Yeah. And... Can we just go ahead and say on the podcast over and over again that the English language has messed all this up? Um, those of you that have tried to learn, those of you that aren't, uh, what's the, that English isn't your first language. Um, you know this to be true. Those of you that are learning other languages, it, I think English makes it harder to learn other languages. But then once you get into kind of those spaces, then you begin to go, yeah, English is even worse right. than what I thought it was. Uh, and so translations, as we wander around through here, become sort of difficult because that word 
in um, Second Timothy is not what we think of fear at all. Mm. I mean, it, it's literally translated for God didn't make you a coward. Golly. And that's what it says. Like, you're not a coward. Yeah. yeah. This is what he's given you, power, love, and self-control. And so even when you think of like, if I'm afraid of something, the opposite of that, you may go boldness. Yeah. And so then you can work, you can do some gymnastics and then go off the opposite of bold means that you're kind of a coward, mm-hmm. but we don't think like someone who's a coward, we don't instantly go fearful. Yeah. We go weak. We go, there's, there's a couple other things that you put into that. Um, and so even just like rethinking the idea of, of fear in our current context, mm-hmm. um, is important because I think that like English versus others, they've, they've done weird things with that, yeah. with that word. Uh, so putting it not everybody's going to go through and do linguistic gymnastics to make, you know, to be like, Oh, that's what that word literally means. Yeah. We can have a computer in front of us. I can click a button and go, Oh, that there, it happens once in scripture. That's a Greek word. That's there one time. Yeah. And it, and it means coward. And so, uh, I can look at that and go, well, that makes a little bit more sense. Why did they call it fear? Because it flows better in there instead of, well, God did not give you yeah, a spirit, spirit of cowardness. cowardness. Yeah, it's just a weird, yeah. hmm. weird word to say. Yeah, uh, but that—that's what that is. Yeah, that's good. yeah. So, so with that, like, why why is it so problematic um, to fear other people, especially um, when you read? I was trying to think of the word, and so y'all can probably help me. Uh, I just found it. Um, like, why why should we not fear other people if God calls us to to hold a good witness to other people, right? Um, he calls us to, to be a light to the people. Um, so why shouldn't we fear others if we should be, I don't want to say worried, but maybe um, mindful of our witness towards other people? Sure. I mean, I, I think you answered the question uh, in Matthew chapter 10. Jesus is like, hey, don't, don't fear the one. Uh, don't fear those who can, who can kill the body but can't kill the soul, but rather fear those who can destroy both body and soul. Right. Um, and so that's that first push away from the fear of man into the fear of God. Um, and the, the proper fear in its proper place uh, does something to the human. When, when you understand how to fear rightly, this is, this is Paul going at like our proper fear of the Lord versus not being fearful of man. That is the motivation towards evangelism. That's second Corinthians five eleven. Hmm. Where is it? Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade other people. Mm. And, and so just like that in and of itself, with you asking that question, God designed it in such a way where we have a, a deep recognition of who controls all of this wrapped up in purpose. And, and he left you here for a purpose and he's in control of it. And if that purpose is to make him known in, in every space, light and dark, then, then we have to get past the fear of those that that the only thing that they can do now, hear me, this is a fearful thing. What, what Jesus says is the only thing that they can really, the most extreme thing that they can do to you is kill you. Mm. Um, but if you connect it to Paul's language, we talked about this on Sunday, you connect it to what Paul does in Philippians chapter one. Like sometimes we go, okay, it's better. Yeah. Like as a believer, you're understanding that this world doesn't satisfy at all. If they do that to you, like that's the extreme, then it's not the thing that I'm advertising. But if they do that to you, it's better. Yeah. Like you get heaven at that point. And, and so the, the most extreme thing that man could do is kill you. Pretty extreme. But he says you can't even fear that because your purpose is bigger. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Can you ask your question again? I think I have a thought. but I like your thoughts. 
it was basically uh why how or how do we not fear other people when we should be mindful of our witness um towards an unbelieving world especially i mean just know whose hands you're in uh my mind goes to romans 8 and if, if i start reading in verse 31 it's what then shall we say to these things and what things is he mentioning well, if you go back a few verses, just the fact that God has chosen and, and confined you and, and um, that word that we used, to, we, we don't like to use in, in church, but called and predestined us to, to his love. And so uh, if then he continues in verse 31, if God is for us, who can be against us? And so that really should, should drive in us a fear of God rather than man, that, that we're in God's hands. We're not in the hands of other people. And so really, why, why do we fear why do we give other people the control when really that control belongs to god and he continues verse 32 he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all how will he not also with him graciously give us all things who shall bring any charge against god god's elect it is god who justifies 34 who is to condemn christ jesus is the one who died more than that who was raised who is at the right hand of god who indeed is interceding for us. Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. 37, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so that just, that, that should remind us in that season that we don't have to fear man. We don't, especially in terms of witnessing to others, because God has already secured and, and prepared a place for us in his eternal kingdom. And so that shouldn't, that shouldn't allow us to to fear others because what can can mortal man do to me it's like like the verse john said what what can mortal man do to me but kill me and, and, and paul even says in in that verse distress persecution famine or nakedness or danger or sword and yet right after that he says that we're conquerors why be, be, because even in death we still are conquerors to a new kingdom and so i think that that should motivate us to to preach the gospel, to share the word with boldness, to, to live as a witness for Christ, because we're not going anywhere. Our security is found in him and that's not going to change. Mm. Yeah. Th that word he said at the end conquerors is, uh, I love just that thought and, and conquerors are, <coughs> if, if I think if you assume the role, let me talk myself into this. If you assume the role of conqueror, you've experienced conquering something. You have this confidence that is, otherworldly yeah it's it's over the top um and and so i i connect that so I, I i was just pulling up like where's fear fear just over and over again in in scripture the i didn't i wasn't paying attention to this really i didn't even think about this but first john chapter four first john's very much just like love in action is yeah. that entire book if you're like hey how do i love other people we we tell you jump in first john a lot of new believers when they come to us say, Hey, what should I read? We'll either go John or first John. Mm. Uh, I like John because of how it just really presents Jesus. First John, it's a little bit easier to palate, but it, it pushes us into an action thing. And, and first John four eighteen, there is no fear 
in love, but perfect love casts out fear for fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Mm. And, and so you would go, well, what is John doing? Because he's probably contradicting Jesus. He's contradicting Paul saying fear is the motivator towards evangelism. Uh, contradicting other passages of scripture that, I mean, people are just like clear, like fear God, yeah. um, just real straightforward. And he's like, well, there's no fear in love, but um, what's up with that? But God is love. And exactly. so there's no fear in God. There's it's so we can, you can do these, these mental gymnastics, but context is important. And so when I, when I do the word search and I see the word fear in one passage of scripture, four times, and I go, or one verse four times, not passage, one verse. And I look at that and it's like, well, that, that throws this whole thing off. But then you go, okay, well, what's the contact, the, the context here of this whole thing? You start reading beforehand and in yeah. verse 17, by this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in the world. Mm -hmm. And so when you connect that to like, we, we are conquerors and our confidence is not built in what we've done, mm -hmm. but what we are running towards, mm -hmm. what, what we get, um, what, what the end looks like. And so the fear that's presented, um, there is, uh, the, that fear that he's talking about is the opposite of the confidence on judgment day. Mm. Like your fear is just wrapped up in what's going to happen. Mm. My fear is wrapped up in if I die, what, what's mm. going to, what's going to happen with this? How's my family? What, all of those things. And it, it's basically blurred our view of Christ and our view of the one who holds it all in his hands. Mm. Um, and, and so John is, is, is declaring loudly, like if you know, and you understand the love of God, mm through the lens that is Jesus, then your confidence on judgment day, um, pushes you into conquering type mindset. Um, and you don't have to be afraid of that condemnation. Mm. Uh, you don't have to have a concern for hell. You in fact have the other side of that, which then connects pretty easily to Paul's motivator that, that our understanding of fear pushes us to evangelism spaces. It makes us function differently on this planet. Mm. Mm. That's really good. I could go so many directions. Of that. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess I'm sort of just like thinking um, application esque of, of people listening to this, like even myself, like I'm fearful of so many things. Um, but I also think I, I fear the Lord in, in, in a general aspect um, and so why is that? Why is it because I don't have a perfect holy fear, which I would agree with? Um, or, or how does this tie in? Because, you know, people fear the Lord, but I also think tied into that is they, is they fear things of the world. Um, like I feel like scripture is giving this impression that if you fear the Lord, you're not going to fear things of man. Um, is it just because we don't have a, a perfect holy fear? Like, why is this? I don't know. It's tripping me up. I mean, I think that's an, uh, an, as as an oversimplification, simplification, yes. I think it is because we don't have a perfect holy fear. But I think it is also just because the world that we live in is, is fallen. Yeah. And because mm -hmm. of that, there are natural things that should maybe um, make us frustrated or make us like sad. And so I think sometimes come with that frustration comes an association of sadness and also fear a lot of times. Mm. And so I don't think it's necessarily, um, I mean, I think it is necessarily that we have just a, an, an imperfect holy fear. 
I mean, I think that once again, stems back to the, the, um, failure to believe wholly in our heart that God has everything taken care of, that he's secured for us an eternal place. And also that he promises to make all things new, because I think if, if we truly believe that, that God will make all things new, then it wouldn't push us to fear when we think about the, the bad things in the world. Yeah. Uh, like for instance, when we were in Africa, there's a lot of things that we see that are just disheartening and it would be natural for, I think someone to fear, like how could these things ever get better? And yet God in his word tells us that all things will be made new. And so I think that is something that practically um, for those of us who fear, especially things of this world, just remind yourself daily that God will make things new. Mm. So does that help? Yeah, that's good. When, when questions like that, you know, anybody who has sit around us for a little while, uh, most of my thinking will go, uh, you ask this question and it has this biblical, this biblical, uh, explanation, this biblical directive, uh, can John get it to the garden? Mm. I mean, that's just, I'm always going to be like, okay. Um, I believe that we should have a fear, um, throughout scripture. It's a good thing. Uh, why is it still kind of tied to man? Uh, how has that emotion been broken? I mean, because if it's, if it, if it's connected to God, then it has good purpose. Mm-hmm. And, and we've done an incredible job as humans of perverting all of God's great promises into, into broken things. And, and so like, I, I want to go back to the garden and, and I just read through the second half of Genesis three right quick and went, okay, do I see fear evident in that? And anything that God had, had spoken over his people, uh, did, did I see that? And, and I didn't necessarily see that, but then I go, okay, he kicks them out of the garden. He puts a <laughs> cherub <laughs> in front of it with a flaming sword, which I love. You need to go and just side note, I'm not going to go after that, but go and read like that and, and just check out this flaming sword thing, this idea. Uh, he puts that there and then they walk out of that into what? Like that, that's my thought. Mm-hmm. They are, they are, they're kicked out of the garden. It's not good for you to be able to live forever, get away from the tree of life because you now have this knowledge of good and evil go. So before they just had the knowledge of good. I mean, I think it's good. Um, and so they're looking around and they just have those thoughts. And then now they go out and they can see process. There's, there's a, a sin that's entered and, and here's some things that we now know. Um, the future is completely unknown where before it was, God would come and visit and walk with me. Mm. And, and I, I had purpose and now it's gone. I, I think that the animals are scary at this point. (laughs) They're, they're no longer harmless. God, God takes one, sacrifices one to make clothes for them. There's, there's death that's entered. And so my, my future is kind of blurry. Uh, food that used to just appear on trees. I have to work for, yeah. uh, I, I have to like through my, through my sweat and my effort, and it may or may not work. Mm. Uh, childbirth is going to be difficult. Mm. Uh, that, that was the, the promise from Genesis three. Uh, how are we going to survive in this place? And, and so I, I think, uh, again, I'm not pointing to a specific verse right there in Genesis chapter four. I'm just looking at the story. And going, this is where the 
when God would come down and I have a reverence that pushes me to fear because he's more powerful is what we said at the very beginning. I mean, it's mm. just like a simple idea because of who he is. It's now pushed into, I have a fear of the unknown. I have a fear of my future. I have a fear of provision. I have a fear of all of these things. And, and so mm. for college students, I have a fear of my next step. I have a fear of being alone in life. I have a fear of college and what my job's going to be. Can I even afford this? Like all of those things are there. Um, on that day, like outside of the garden, the fear of future things, which is what, what I think John does in first John four of bringing us maybe mm -hmm. even back to that. Um, our, our confidence should be in this, but outside of the garden, I think the fear was born mm -hmm. in a, in a worldly way, not in a godly way. Yeah. And it, and it, it revolved around things that we think that we can or can't control. Mm, right. That's good. Yeah. I, I love this idea that, um, God is worthy of, of our fear. And I kind of want to flip this definition a little bit because, um, when we've hit on, uh, especially at the beginning of the, the roller coaster thing and this idea of fear drives us away from something, um, to this idea that the fear of God drives us closer to him. Yeah. Um, and so with that, it's like, why, why is God worthy of our reverence, of our awe? Um, like why, why is he worthy of, of our biggest fear? Mm. Like, why should we fear him? I guess, basically. I mean, it, it depends on once again, what, what we define fear as and how we think fear is, because once again, if we, if we define fear as, as the fear of man, why should we, um, shrink at God? Well then once again, our, our definition of fear is wrong, but if, if it's reverence and awe, then it, I mean, simply it's, it's, it's such an easy answer, but with, when John said the, said the garden, I mean, God created us in the garden mm -hmm. and he made all things good for us in the garden, but we had to go and mess that up. So why should we rev revere and awe God? Well, because once again, he didn't have to create us um, and yet he chose to. And it, it really is that simple. I think a lot of times we um, just oversimplify once again, why God is worthy of our praise or our, our awe. But it's, I mean, what is that? He all created honest. us. My honest. <laughs> Audacity. Uh, the awe. Yeah, go jet. <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah. it's, it's really that simple. He created us and, and he gave us all things. I mean, yeah. I, I can't, I can't say it any, any simpler. Yeah. So I think it's just a big question for people because they see the effects of the fear of other people quicker and they see their fear of the Lord being put into action. Um, and it's not that God isn't working, but he works in ways that you have to be able to, um, by his spirit, see the things that he's doing. Um, and I think it's just an important question for people because again, if you're not in tune with the spirit, if you're not walking in step with the spirit, it's so much easier to see the effects of a fear of man than a fear of God. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just wise, why is he worthy of it? So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's good. It's good. <laughs> um, it's good. sweet. So uh, this is all great. This all makes sense for, for maybe a listener. Maybe they still have some questions. If you do, please come ask us. Um, but how do we apply this? Like, why is this important? Um, why is what we fear so important? Um, and maybe how do I grow in a holy fear? And maybe how do I not grow um, in my fear of other people or the things of this world? I mean, once again, the, the world will know uh, by this, you will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. Um, but I think, and when, when you connect that to what John was talking about with first John four of how perfect love casts out fear, 
the world is watching believers and the world is watching to see whether or not when, when difficult things in life happen, whether people will shrink back. You know, I'm reminded of when COVID happened and COVID was scary for a lot of people because I mean, a lot of people got COVID and, and passed away. A lot of people got COVID and were had, had to just completely isolate. Yeah. And the world was looking at believers. And unfortunately, a lot of believers were terrified. And the problem with that is that uh, when, when they were completely terrified is that they lost sight of just that, that God was good. And I think it, it shows the world that they're just as fearful as you are. And yet I think the correct response would have been to say, hey, what's happening isn't good. We, we recognize that this is part of the fallen world, but God is in control. Because when the, when the believers in the, in the world can respond to difficult circumstance with, with trust in God, yeah. it pushes the world to realize that, hey, maybe this God that they trust really is worthy of our trust and big enough to handle what we're so afraid of. And so I think it really is just a, it's, a, it's an example to the world that your hope is in Christ and not in the, the, the fallenness and the, and the ever sinking sand of this world. Yeah. That's good. Now what is that? Uh, Psalm thirty one nineteen to fear God is to take refuge in him. Um, like that's just literally like drawing close to him. Yeah. And th- this presents in me often an idea uh, that I, I think a lot of people will miss. And, and maybe I can word this right. Um, as we're talking about the fear of man, we'll flip that over to the fear of God. When, when you see, when you see fear or th- when you see the fear of God, not as a fear of being punished or a fear of something bad happened to you, but a fear of not being able to be near to, mm. um, then it will, it will change how you think about God, of course, but it also changes how you think about fear. And so that's when that's all hold on to that verse uh, the, I mean, it's basically like the, the fear to fear God is to take refuge in him. Mm. Um, which, which is a weird, like way to think about that. It's a weird way to say that, that when you just look at it, you go, that doesn't even, those two don't even connect. Mm. Um, but, but what he's, what the psalmist is doing there is going, Hey, like, this is literally what that means. Like you, your fear should push you to a space of longing to be with because you've tasted and seen that he's good. And you're afraid to not be with anymore, mm-hmm. which, which is a lot of like our original garden fear. What am I going to do? I can't provide in the way that he did. I don't have a nearness to him anymore. I, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes our fear is, is, is I'm afraid of somebody breaking into my house and overpowering me and, and yeah. killing or taking my stuff. I'm afraid of car wrecks. I'm afraid, you're afraid of things you can't control. Mm-hmm. And, and so for this to go, you want that? then the fear of God is found in nearness. It's you, mm. you take refuge in, and then you, you push that to man and you go, okay, well, I, I don't have to be afraid of you, but I should have a, a desire. Um, my fear should be like, you don't have this and you should, mm-hmm. this is so good that I need to push this to you. That's evangelism. That's what Paul does. And so it, it continually connects there. And I think we have to get to the point of going, my, my fear is not that God's going to punish me. My fear is not that I'm going to go without. My fear is that I can't be near the one that's going to provide salvation and everything else that I need. Yeah. Mm. That should be like where our fear is at. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with that, as you find refuge in him, you begin to get a bigger picture of who he is. All and, day. and I think that's 
part of it. I think we just try to figure out God too much sometimes um, and don't live in, in Deuteronomy 29, 29 of, man, some things just belong to the Lord. Um, some things we're just not gonna be able to figure out and just, so just continue to grow um, in, in your view of who God is, how powerful he is, uh, but also how, how grace filled he is. Um, mm-hmm. I think as you begin to find refuge in him, um, the aspects of God that are holy, that are set apart, begin to sort of make sense in your head, um, which won't fully make sense in your head on the side of eternity. But I think things start to, you begin to get eyes that see um, and ears that hear of, of what he's doing. Um, and so I think it's really important. It's good. Yeah. Any final thoughts? You nailed it. DJ Caleb. Golly, DJ Caleb. Fear of the Lord. He's good. <laughs> For he has done great things, and he will do great Can things. Hit a beat for him. Come on. <laughs> I don't got a beat over here. I, got, I don't got a beat um, button. <laughs> what a beat button. No, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's all I can say. Fear God, yeah. not man. Yeah. God is in control. God promise, promises good things for us in the future, uh, so trust him. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're excited to be back. We're excited Her. you guys are back, and we're excited for a year of of ministry heard all of those things that's what i'm talking about hey we'll see you guys back right here next week and until then have a great rest of howdy week howdy week we'll see you on sunday kick off bye